Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. I pre-ordered our next guest's book on Amazon before it came out. So yes, I'm have, very excited. We are very excited because our next guest, he is the king of metabolism, eliminate inflammation through fasting. He is Dr. Cole, Dr. Will Cole. He's the future of natural health care. He's been named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation. He is the author of Intuitive Fasting, Keototarian, which I love the name, and the inflammation spectrum. Dr. Wilco, we are, when we could not be more happy to talk to you. I recently did his podcast, The Art of Being Well, and you guys have to listen. You have to listen to this one first, but you have to listen to it because it's so, it's, it's so crazy informative. He has quizzes on, I mean, you have literally quizzes on everything, adrenal fatigue, inflammation spectrum, leaky gut, SIBO, thyroid. You're just the king of the king right here. I need you as my hype man every day. (laughs) No, I seriously, when I went on his podcast, I was so excited. Like I had so many questions. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm on his podcast. He's not on my, like I couldn't help myself. Okay. For our listeners, will you go back a little bit and kind of explain to us what's the difference between functional medicine and conventional medicine? Yeah. So the differences between the two, first thing is we interpret labs using a thinner reference range. So anybody that's listening to this will know when they go to their doctor, they get this X to Y reference range that their numbers are being compared to. We get that reference range largely from a statistical bell curve average of the people who go to that lab and people that are going to labs predominantly, sadly, are people with health problems that aren't feeling very well. So there's a lot of people, especially women, they know their bodies are very intuitive and they know something's off here. Like, I don't feel right. What's going on? And they go to the doctor and the doctor says, everything's fine. You know, you're just, you're just depressed. Here's an antidepressant or you're a new mom. That's normal. Just like, take this, see you later. And there there are all these well-intentioned reasons as to how you could be having symptoms despite these quote unquote normal labs, what they're unintentionally telling you or the person that's listening to this is that you're a lot like the other people with health problems that we're comparing you to in that reference range. Comparing yourself to a population of people who go to labs is no way for you to find out why the heck you feel the way that you do. And just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. 
So we're comparing you to optimal health, not average, which is what's typically being done. And so the, the Cleveland Clinic has a functional medicine center. All the doctors there are trained through the Institute for Functional Medicine, or IFM, and that's who's trained myself and my team. So that's the first thing we do. And then the second thing is we run more comprehensive labs. So we're looking at underlying issues like gut problems or toxicity problems or hormonal imbalances, nutrient deficiencies. Like, let's get to the root cause of why people are struggling with health issues. So I have a question, actually, because that's a perfectly, you know, a situation I was in where I had my labs run and I had my levels were kind of on the low end of what was deemed normal. And is that what you're saying? So if I came to you as a patient, would you look at my, my lab results and say, okay, well, where that falls in the normal range with, you know, your other doctor, you're going to look at it in a different mm -hmm. perspective. Like what would that look like with you? Yeah. So a good example, this is a, a basic example, but the, the TSH biomarker on the lab, the thyroid stimulating hormone, it is typically the reference range. It will vary from lab to lab. Again, it's not standardized, but generally speaking, it's about 0.45 to 4.5. That's a four point span of numbers. And the optimal range, what we look at the in functional medicine, the functional range, where does vibrant wellness live? That's about 0 0.45 to two. So you could have a TSH at 2.5, 3, 3.5, 4, 4.5, and they're not going to say anything. Uh, they're going to they're going to maybe say it looks slightly low thyroid, but they're not really going to address it. And look, that's just one biomarker. Then you have to, you, you cannot hang your hat on just a TSH. You have to run a full thyroid panel. And that's a whole other uh, conversation is that you have to not just interpret labs that are being ran appropriately, but you have to run more comprehensive labs because the thyroid hormone, just if that, that alone, we have to look at total T4, total T3, free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies. I mean, there's a whole host of things. The point is we have to be specific about how we're interpreting the labs, but also run the appropriate lab to be thorough because to reduce any one person on one snapshot biomarker in a lab and say that's the full context of why they feel the way that they do, a lot of things get missed. So that's typically what we would do. That's what happened with me. I mean, I ended up having a thyroid problem after my first child, Brooksy, and it wasn't normal. I mean, Three months, my I had goiters, my neck was swollen, like everything started really getting out of control. But it was only, it's kind of what you let, it was only because I was so symptomatic and I, I was so determined to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Okay, so you guys know how much we hate bloating. We talk a lot about de-bloating here on Lipstick on the Rim. We're always on the hunt to find new and quick ways to de-bloat so that our stomach looks and feels flatter. Digestion can be so unpredictable sometimes. Some days it's on your side, and then other days you take one bite of pizza and you look like you're a few months pregnant. Bloating can be so uncomfortable, and it should really never keep you from enjoying the foods you love. I discovered Array earlier this year, and I will never be without it again. I'm literally addicted. It was created to help women feel the best so they can be their best. Their products are 100% natural, filler-free, and organic, and was formulated by a naturopathic doctor. I can't eat a meal anymore without taking two of their bloat capsules. I can literally feel the results almost immediately. I'm able to enjoy the foods that I love without all that pain, bloating, and discomfort. Array's products work in under an hour, so you actually feel the results. It prevents gas and speeds up food breakdown so you can treat yourself to that pasta or whatever your heart desires. It optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and a fruit-based enzyme, and it's completely laxative-free, so you don't go running to the bathroom or anything like that. 
Seriously, it's magic in a bottle. Not only do Erase products make you feel good, they also look so damn good. They're so good. Seriously, they're super chic, so they look great on your shelf or in your bag. Head over to Array.com, that's A-R-R-A-E.com, and use code LIPSTICK at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off the first month on subscription. Trust me, guys, you are going to love it. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. So would you say that for our listeners, like I actually always ask for my lab results to see my levels. Like, would you say that something that you would tell, because obviously not everybody has, you know, has ever gone to a doctor like you or maybe even has access to it or didn't even know that was an option for them. So what would you say is something that they should do when they go to their doctor the next time? Yeah, I, I would say most of the time, the people that I'm seeing, I'm not their first like round of experience. They're very well read. They've done the research on this and they've had to be their own health advocate. So I would say, start asking questions in a kind manner. It doesn't have to be defensive. It doesn't have to be, look, the doctor's doing their job. It's not any one doctor necessarily's problem. This is a systemic issue of the training is to diagnose the disease and match it with a medication. And they need those numbers to be out of range to give you the diagnosis code, to give you that medication. So it's the way the system's made up. It's not any single doctor problem here that we're talking about here. So I would say first thing is just have an open, honest conversation, ask questions, ask for labs. Most of my time, most of the time when I'm seeing people and I see the labs, I can tell, oh, this person has advocated for themselves and they've asked for these labs because I know they're not typically ran, even though these are conventional labs. Like all the things that I just mentioned are all things that Quest and LabCorp can run. They're just typically not ran because why? It's not because the doctor's nefarious. It's because it's not going to change the treatment. Everybody gets put on the same medication and all they need is that one lab. And they're only running labs to really determine what medications they can put you on. So that's typically the way that the system's set up. So if it's going to be the same outcome, why would they run? It's superfluous from their standpoint, but from a functional medicine standpoint, it's not superfluous. We want to understand there's a whole host of reasons why somebody could have any given issue. I mean, we're talking about the thyroid, but it really could be any number of issues. I see a lot of people with autoimmunity and that is really going on in the autoimmune community for Mm -hmm. sure. All right. I want to switch gears just a little bit. Our listeners were obsessed with you coming on um, the show and they really want to find out how to restart their metabolism and eliminate inflammation through fasting. And you have written an incredible book called Intuitive Fasting, the flexible four-week intermittent fasting plan to recharge your metabolism and renew your health. You guys, this is a fantastic book. It's kind of a 101 into intuitive fasting. What is the difference between intuitive fasting and intermittent fasting? Well, intuitive fasting, just like anything else that I've written, it's just born out of my clinical experience because I'm doing this 11 hours a day with people via telehealth, via webcam. We're getting them labs. So this is something that I've talked about for years is like this, anything in wellness, whether it's food or fasting or anything we're doing, a, a exercise. I want people to have a more of an intuitive relationship with these things and not 
the sort of more is always better or just because everybody else is doing it, you should do it. And just because this is the way that somebody did it, you should do it the exact same way. I want people to check in with themselves to kind of find that grace and find that flexibility and lightness to these tools within wellness and functional medicine. So intermittent fasting is a tool that I've used my entire career. I've used it personally even longer than that, but it is something that it's my made up term. Intuitive fasting is my made up term of just this paradoxical on purpose because fasting won't be intuitive at all at the beginning, but that's why I wrote the book, metabolic inflexibility metabolic rigidity. That's when somebody is stuck in this sugar burning mode and they're hangry, blood sugars all over the place. We have to gain metabolic flexibility and that's what fasting can do. Can you speed up your metabolism? Like, is that something you, you can actually do? Well, metabolic flexibility. Yeah. You'll be more of a fat burner. So I wouldn't necessarily, like I wouldn't use the term speed up, but you will become more metabolically flexible and become a fat burner. So yes, your, your metabolic rate is increasing at that time. Why do I have more energy when I eat less and I fast yeah. more? There's two main things that I'm thinking of specifically to you and I was talking about it. Number one is when your body is producing ketones and when someone's fasting, you're going to at some point, depending on how metabolically flexible you are, your body's going to be start producing beta hydroxybutyrate, which is the ketone body that everybody's talking about ketosis. Well, I mean, it's that's what their researchers are looking at is beta hydroxybutyrate. And that is known in the research as the fourth macronutrient. So we have protein, fats, carbs, and ketones. So it's a way to fuel your body. So if your body's keto adapted or fat adapted through, through fasting, your body will have that beta hydroxybutyrate is passing through your blood brain barrier and providing your brain clean fuel that is very efficient, is burned very effectively by the body, and people notice increased energy. The second thing is fasting lowers inflammation through the beta-hydroxybutyrate pathway, actually, but it's lowering pro-inflammatory cytokines. It's not just a way to burn fat and fuel your brain. It is also an anti-inflammatory that your body's producing. Really? So if somebody's struggling with inflammation and we're lowering inflammation, that's a big boost of energy level. So there's a few things that could be going on. It's just giving your gut a break and the gut brain axis is able to really focusing on energy output, not just digestion. I think that's really, really, really interesting. Do you think, I mean, I did keto to be perfectly honest. I did keto in January. I dropped like 15 pounds, but I was like, I can't eat this much fat. I was really struggling. And I actually had a girlfriend who didn't have a lot of weight to lose at all, but she wanted to try it. And she was like, I could not do this for very long. So what do you say to people that, you know, I know that you have your version of the keto diet that's a little bit lighter, but like, I'd love to understand how that's, how can you live that lifestyle all the time? Because it seems like a challenging one, I think, for a lot of people. It's very intimidating. Yeah, it is intimidating for many people. And what I did with intuitive fasting is, again, what, I, what I've seen clinically work for people it, it is ketotarian. It's a ketotarian food plan with intermittent fasting. Ketotarian is the name of my first book, but it is this like clean sort of Mediterranean ketogenic diet that's cyclical. It's not all the time. I don't recommend for someone to have to stay in ketosis forever and ever. It's a tool within your toolbox. Some people do benefit from it longer term, like people that have neurological issues or autoimmune problems or different seizure disorders. Ketosis, the benefit of it, the brain supporting the anti-inflammatory, they are using that therapeutically. 
the average person that's looking this, at this from a lifestyle standpoint and just want to improve their health, improve how they feel, improve how they look, then I actually don't recommend it long term. I recommend doing it about 60 days to kind of get more metabolically flexible, get fat adapted, and then from there, do a cyclical approach. So you could do that in many different ways. And that's back to that sort of that principle of functional medicine. It's bio-individuality. And some people do it every week where they'll do like a couple of days of ketosis and then increase their carbohydrates on the weekends, maybe. Or some people will do it around their cycle. If they're a menstruating female, they'll do it. They'll uh, clean carb up around their ovulation and around their period. And some people do it around a heavy workout or whenever the heck they want to. There should be a flexibility about this. So it's not something that you have to do all the time. And like you mentioned, like increasing the fat and making sure you're getting enough fat. I think it's just a matter of what works for your body. Not everybody yeah. has to have super high fat to get these benefits. They can moderate their fat, increase their protein a little bit, or moderate their fat and bring their carbs up a little bit. There's a lot of flexibility within these principles. Do you recommend doing a, I'm your patient, you, we have our lab work. Do you recommend doing a 30-day, two-week, 14-day, 30-day, 60-day to go, okay, here's the plan we're going to put you on and we're going to see what results. When I say results, energy, how you're feeling. Like, Do you do that every two weeks, four weeks, six weeks? What kind of plan is that? I would say starting for the average person, well, first of all, if, if they're a patient, I'm looking at their labs, I'm looking at their health history. And it's definitely, it's definitely different depending on the person, right? It, it could be a month. It could be six months for some people that are more extremely going through some more severe autoimmune problems, for example. But we're going to put up a, a period of time and then we'll do a reassessment. So it's going to start at 30 days, but really could be a few months for some people. And I kind of, I put that in the book as well to kind of show people, okay, look, if I'm putting my clinician hat on and I know somebody's case specifically, this could just be the 30 days could be the beginning for some people. It's just scratching the surface. I want you to be feeling better in 30 days, but anybody that's listening to this will know there's no fad crash way to really mm -hmm. get sustainable health. And if that's what we're talking about, that's what we're working on. Can you say that again? There is no <laughs> fad way. I know we all want that like magic wand. We all want that. Yeah, we do. We, we do. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just not that it, it's just not that way. I get so many no. people ask me like, what do you eat? What do you do? And it's, it's, I don't just, you know, stay on a diet for my whole life. Like I go in, I go out, I go in, I go out. Sometimes I have events or things I have to do or things I want to do that I, I want to feel good and be in shape for. But I think for someone who can forever be on a diet or forever be, I think that's what's so genius about working with you that it is intuitive, that it is, you know, there isn't one thing for every person. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. Finding clean skincare products that are good for your skin and the planet and actually give you the results you want can be really difficult, but not when it comes to Osea. When it comes to clean beauty, Osea is honestly the pioneer. They're known for creating amazing body products like their famous Andaria Algae Body Oil. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainably sourced seaweed and made in California, so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. I have been loving the Andaria Algae Body Oil. It makes my skin feel so luxurious and rich. It's not greasy or sticky, and it really absorbs into the skin. Emisha mentioned it in her stories a few weeks ago about how obsessed she is with this body oil. So you know it's good. It's definitely a must-have as we approach this winter season. Seriously, you guys, 
She brings it with her everywhere. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Body oil isn't for me. Well, if you've been used to using body lotion for years, I'm here and Emmy's here to change your life. This oil soaks in easily and has this sexy citrus smell that instantly makes me feel like I'm at the spa. I cannot even tell you how soft and smooth my skin feels after we put it on. And to top it off, it leaves our skin with the most beautiful glow. My body lotion definitely can't do this. No wonder Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil has been Victoria Beckham's favorite body oil for years. Experience your new favorite clean skincare line with a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code LIPSTICK at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over 50, free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code LIPSTICK. You know, Molly mentioned you wrote a book called The Inflammation Spectrum, and you say one person's food medicine is another person's food problem. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I think that's actually so interesting because some people, you know, I have friends who can eat carbs. I have friends who cannot eat carbs. Obviously, some, some people have a gluten allergy and whatnot, but I'd love to sort of hear a little bit more about that, especially as it relates to inflammation. Yeah. So the inflammation spectrum was a difficult book to write because it was very much trying to get Okay, what do I do with the patient if I'm not there? I wanted them to kind of see a functional medicine approach as it relates to one tool. I mean, there's many tools within functional medicine, but one tool is looking at food and doing sort of a proper formulated elimination diet where it's walking them through what that should look like. So what I'm talking about there with that statement in the book is just bioindividuality again. It's it's that I can have a great food that works wonderful one for one person and then flares the next person up. So I try not to make too many broad sweeping statements because I'd be proven wrong all day long if I'm seeing patients and saying like, this is the way that everybody should do things because I could tell you a case where that's not the case at all. So like, for example, I mean, really could be anything, but nuts and seeds, nuts and seeds are like like benign, healthy food. I know some people, they get horrible flare ups from nuts and seeds, not even from allergies, just like from a, a sensitivity to them or tomatoes, or we hear the, the conversation about nights, nightshades, tomatoes, eggplants, goji berries, white potatoes, wonderful whole foods for some people. But for other people, it, the alkaloids, the proteins that are inside these plant foods can drive trigger inflammation levels. How do you test for inflammation? Yeah, how do you test? How do you know? Well, one way to know is with the inflammation spectrum, what I did, and you mentioned the quiz, the quiz is adapted from questions that I asked patients. So it actually starts with a health history, but I was trying to get it in the book. as like, if I'm not there, let's go through the questions that I would ask you if you were at a consult. So they could kind of check in with their body for themselves. So one way to do it is, is go through an elimination diet protocol for yourself and then do reintroduction and see what your body loves and what your body hates. So that's one sub-diagnostic. You don't have a functional medicine doctor in your life to figure out things on your own. Typically, my patients have done something like that. uh, And then they're kind of, at that point, they're looking for labs. And that's where I typically come in clinically to see what diagnostically is missing here, that they've tried things on their own. They're better off than they were when before they did it, but they're st- still stuck at this plateau. There's still things missing here. And that's when we can fill in the gaps diagnostically to see what's going on with labs. 
And are there physical and mental side effects that you can experience from inflammation? What physically? Like, I always think my husband's inflamed because he's like, my back hurts, my neck hurts. I'm like, well, you drank too much red wine. He snores so much. He snores. He's always snoring. I'm like, you're inflamed. I just know you're inflamed. I don't know why or how or what we do, but you're inflamed. Every day she's like, Mike, you are an inflamed person. So You're a big ball of inflammation. (laughs) You're just, we need to tone it down. (laughs) Poor Mike. He's not even here to defend himself. Poor Mike can't defend himself. (laughs) So there's a lot. I mean, if you look at, it's the commonality between just about every health problem. I mean, you're looking at diabetes, heart disease, cancer, every autoimmune condition. And then there's a whole field of research looking at, it's called the cytokine model of cognitive function. Cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's research looking at how inflammation impacts how our brain works. So things like anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, all are neuroinflammatory in nature in most cases. So this is the far-reaching like implication of inflammation that we need to understand. It is kind of a nebulous term. People are kind of thinking of like maybe muscle and joint pain. Yeah, that's inflammation, but it's a lot more than that. It's really just about every health problem has an inflammatory component to it. All right. If you could share five changes or tips that everyone should make right now to decrease inflammation, what would it be? Number one, I would say decrease the inflammatory core four, which I talk about in the inflammation spectrum. But these are four foods that are going to drive inflammation levels up in most people to various degrees, back to that bio-individuality thing. I mean, some people can have some of this and they're fine. But number one would be gluten-containing grains. So that's going to be things like wheat and rye and barley and spelt. The reason for that is because we've hybridized the grain supply and we're spraying it with things. And it's just not the same grain that it was thousands of years ago. Researchers estimate that our genetics haven't changed in 10,000 years, but our food supply has changed so much in such a small, finite period of time. So it's this genetic epigenetic mismatch that is triggering a lot of these problems, these inflammatory problems. So grains are part of that story. Dairy, conventional dairy, like the typical dairy you're going to get in the grocery stores, decreasing that. Three would be added sugars and reading labels and looking at the grams of added sugar and being mindful of knowing what's in the food that you're eating. Is there a number you should look for? Like a number that you're like added sugar beyond that, just like stay far away from? Well, I would say more than that. I would look at look at the grams of added sugar, just see what it is and look at the quality of it. Looking at the nutritional label and looking for the suffix os, like anything like fructose, dextrose, like any sort of added sugar like that. And these, even these nice sounding euphemisms for sugar, like coconut nectar or agave nectar, these can be, that that's sugar. Too. It's sugar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it depends on what you're eating throughout the day, right? So if that's the only source of sugar that you're getting and the rest of your day is not. So I don't want to say look exact grams of sugar. But here's what I should say is that about 100, 150 grams of carbohydrates in a day is a typical higher limit for most people. You could go up to 200 if you're really active, I would assume. Some people could get away with that. But that's back to that metabolic flexibility conversation. Some people are more carb sensitive and they cannot get away with it. So we have to look at the amount and then the quality of the carbohydrates and how that's metabolized in the body. And then the last four would be industrial seed oils, like canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil. These are higher in omega-6, omega-6 fats, which can drive inflammation levels up in the body. So those would be four things to decrease. And then increase things like, I think most people have really 
unhealthy guts, and that's a major driver of inflammation levels in their body. So having more soups and stews is a great idea to get inflammation levels calmed. We're really working where, 70, where 75 to 80% of the immune system lives, which is in the gastrointestinal system. So those are some things. I don't know if that's, I can give more if you want, want it. Oh my God, you can keep going. I mean, I'm like, I'm literally, we're writing. Like we're writing a thesis. I'm writing notes. Literally right now, we're writing thesis. I had a group text going last night with my (laughs) girlfriends back in New Jersey going, I am talking to Dr. Will Cole and I need your questions. I have a friend who has a lot of questions. So anyhow, I was making sure I took proper Do you want to get, do you want to, do you want to ask, you want to give Aaron? (laughs) <laughs> Hallie and Aaron, I've got you covered. Hallie and Aaron, we have you covered. Literally, <laughs> she was like texting like a storm up last night. All right. So living our best lives, we're going into the holidays. We call it survival of the holidays. Tell me how to do that. A woman in her 30s or 40s, what should she be eating on a regular basis? No gluten, no dairy. So, yeah, I would say at the very least, looking at gluten, dairy, uh, and sugar would be three things. You're not going to avoid that entirely. Most people are not going to avoid those entirely. So you just have to get better options, better alternatives. And we live in such an awesome time where we do have better alternatives for things out there. So read labels, educate yourself. Um, but look, here's the deal. Some people, back to that bioindividuality thing, some people have massive, we use the analogy in functional medicine, like buckets. So like that's your capacity to handle stressors. Some people have massive buckets, some people smaller buckets, and some people can go through the holidays and they're fine. Like they're going to maybe not eat the way they usually do, but they're going to get away with it. Some people, their bucket's going to overflow pretty easily. And that's their genetic tolerance for stressors. And then they can get flare up. So they don't feel as good. They're fatigued, their autoimmune issues flare up. And then they just have to ask the question, is this worth it or not? And I see so many people with holidays or vacations or things like this, they go through these seasons every year. And they just yeah. need to have a reckoning with themselves to say, <laughs> am I doing this the right way? This happens every freaking year. Am I doing the same thing, expecting a different result? So I would say find a different way to go through this with that works for you, where you're not paying for it. You should No one should have to pay for going through a holiday. But what if I have gone wild? I've got this. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've stuffed myself like the turkey. I've I've legitimately just You've eaten gone. every carb inside. I've, I've had 49 red lobster biscuits that my mother-in-law decided to pop in the oven last minute. You know, all of those things. <laughs> you drink 29 Palomas. Yeah, I've had wine, which I don't normally try to drink anymore. Is there something that you recommend like the day after? Like, so you wake up and you feel like crap. Is there something you recommend if you have done that? Like, is there something you should do just to sort of try to set yourself back on track? Yeah. So, yes, and I'll answer that head on. But I would say for that person, <laughs> just <to> maybe. <laughs> the Red Lobster Biscuit that me. has Let's all the O's and X's and Y's and all the ingredients you're not supposed to see. They're probably in Maybe there. I would say to that one person, maybe I would say to, to you. <laughs> asking for a friend. But this hypothetical person, I would say really to just, honestly, that's what message I'm trying to say with intuitive fasting. It's like avoiding things that make you feel like crap isn't restrictive. It's self-respect. And it's like, if you're going to go towards like, if you eat that food, you enjoy that food, that brings you joy and connection with people and you, it's freaking delicious and it's worth it. Then eat that food and move on because the shame is worse than that food. Yeah. Stressing about that food is worse than the food. But if you eat that food mindfully and it wasn't worth it, use that as a mindfulness tool as well and say, dang, man, I don't want to do this again because I'd rather feel great more than I thought I missed that food. And that's that par- that shift, that paradigm shift that I want people to have. 
with that said, if it happens, activated charcoal is a good idea. Activated charcoal. Enzymes. I'm going to order it on Amazon. Yeah. I will say I've gotten a lot better over the last like eight to nine months. And part of it is I just having access to talking to people like you. And I have noticed that I have cleaned up my eating tremendously in the last several months. And, you know, I had rice the other day, which I don't normally, if I have sushi, I order it riceless because I've realized that it doesn't make me feel great. The next day I feel super bloated. I don't feel good. And you're right. It's, you're, you can, I think, make choices. This is to all listeners because I know that there was people that were all activated about the fact that, you know, sushi was such a bloating thing. But it's definitely something that I think is good to keep in mind. You know, there's ways around it all the time. So. All right, you guys, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you've listened to me before, you know I love me some Vitruvi. A scent can really transform your home. And more importantly, it can transform how you feel in your home. Vitruvi creates unique aromas that are thoughtfully blended to create all sorts of moods. Whether you want to feel energized, calm, focused, or relaxed, the Vitruvi diffuser can do it all. And on top of that, their oils are made with 100% plant-based essential oils, so they're safe for you and your whole family to breathe. Okay, so the good news is that Vitruvi is launching their first ever holiday collection. This diffuser is specifically designed for the winter season and will be available only for a limited time. Gifting the diffuser this holiday season will surprise and excite everyone on your list. It's called the Cordless Move Diffuser, you know and love, but with just a little bit of a festive twist. They have three limited edition colors that are exactly what you need in your home to create holiday cheer, but they're also timeless and sophisticated enough to fit in all year long. The three colors include Willow, a light, whimsical green, chestnut, a sleek metallic brown with purple undertones, and Charm, my favorite, a creamy metallic pearl. They also have two inclusive blends that are guaranteed to bring those holiday scents we all know and love into your home. The two scents are Fireside and Afterglow. Fireside has hints of nutmeg and wild orange. This blend is for the slow days, cozy nights, and Afterglow, Oh, that one's so good. It has a sense of clove and cinnamon. This blend is the perfect scent to come home to after a long, cold day. Still don't know what to get your loved ones this holiday season? Gift this timeless diffuser with thoughtful details to make scenting in their homes both effortless and beautiful. Visit Vitruvi.com, V-I-T-R-U-V-I.com, slash lipstick on the rim, and use code LIPSTICK20 to get 20% off your next purchase. So you were saying yeah. activated charcoal. Enzymes. Activated charcoal, digestive enzymes. I think that they're honestly even having more soups and stews the day after, like even a brothing day, like you're doing broth right now, Molly. Is I think that's a great idea. Is just have a broth day to let things calm down, reset, chill out a little bit, give your gut a break. Any TLC you can give to your gut after you've had something that really didn't work for you the day after. Those are some good ideas. Yeah. So that, that, that's what I would start with. At least. Do you believe in saunas? Do you believe in infrared? Do yeah. you believe in cryo? Anything like that for the body? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's had, and that, something actually that popped in my mind was, is sweating and supporting detox pathways that way as well can be a great way to kind of clear things out and calm things down and boosts endorphins as well. So if your serotonin levels are impacted for something that you eat, because 95% of serotonin, it's made in the gut and stored in the gut. So a lot of times people, their mood is just sucks the next day after they feel really down. So supporting your gut with some brothing, souping, maybe some activated charcoal or some other binder like bentonite clay or something like that, then 
sweating is another great way to support detox pathways as well as boost your mood as well. So this leads us into, we had another guest on, Dr. Geller, who walked us through his morning routine and people loved hearing what he ate. And I know I'm dying to know what a typical morning routine is for you and, and your, what you eat in a day, because obviously you know your shit. So tell us. <laughs> well, I typically, when I'm at the clinic, I'll, I'll typically do an 18 hour fast in the day. So my eating window is around 12 to 6 p.m. So I'm in the morning, I'm with my team here, and I'll just be sipping on tea and coffee. I'll typically have Earl Grey tea. It's obviously everyone sort of it before, but it's a black tea with bergamot, which is a citrus from Calabria in Italy. And it's been shown to increase or support autophagy pathways, which is sort of our body's natural anti-aging, cellular renewal pathways, and fasting increases autophagy as well. So I'm in my weird science health nerd mind, increased supporting my autophagy pathways with fasting with some, some added bergamot in my Earl Grey tea. And, and then I break my fast at lunchtime and I'll typically have a ketotarian type meal at lunch and break my fast that way. So typically it'll be like some sort of salmon or grass-fed beef, something like that with lots of green sauteed vegetables and olive oil or ghee, which is clarified butter. And then I'll have like a smoothie with like almond milk as a base, some MCT oil, greens in there, berries, blended that, blending that up. I add some collagen powder to that. And then for dinner, there's a recipe in Ketotarian that's, it's these uh, pesto zoodle bowls. It's like, mm. you know, zoodles, like mm -hmm. zucchini noodles, basically with this really delicious pesto sauce. You can add some protein on that as well. You know, beef, you could do fish as well. And there's this recipe for avocado fries that I freaking love as well. Ooh. Avocado fries crusted with almond flour, this chipotle aioli dressing for dinner. And then I'm, I'm drinking like water, tea, coffee throughout the day. Have you ever had Zevias before? Zevias, Zevia, yes. Like, I yeah, just have I them. Love them. They're so good. I mean, that's not like a health drink, but it's like, that's what I mean. That's an alternative. I like that cola taste. And to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick something that's not going to it's not going to make me feel bad. I feel great. Do you drink it. alcohol? No, that was my question. I'm like, do you drink? <laughs> I don't really drink once in a blue moon. I will. And, that, and I don't drink a blue moon either. It has, it has a great <laughs> in it. But I, I don't drink a blue moon. But I, I mean, wine, you know what? I, I think I talked to you about this, Molly. But basically, it's low. I would only drink low alcohol, biodynamic, organic, regenerative, wine. I love dry farm wines for people who do drink it. Todd White is just a brilliant guy. You should have him on the show. He's super smart, but he is dry farm. These aren't his dry farm wines. Yeah. So that's not their wines. They're a curator of European wines that fit that criteria. And it's a subscription thing. So for patients, I say, okay, if you're going to have that, then do something like this. That is do you think wine is better than, than spirits? I do, if you get it, the right type of wine with low alcohol. Yeah, it's the alcohol content. So that's the determination there. They're both low in sugar, which is good. But the alcohol content is the difference there. So I don't really drink maybe at work functions, which hasn't happened as much <laughs> lately. So I haven't drank it quite We're a gonna bit We're going to have you over but, to a work function so we yeah. can see what you drink. <laughs> okay, do you believe in supplements? I know you have yeah, a few. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so your time. Food is always first. Food is first, food is first, food is first. You cannot supplement your way out of a crappy diet, but supplements can fill the gaps in 
the fact that our soil isn't as nutrient rich as it once was. We're not eating as much of diverse diet normally. People are kind of stuck in their routine. So like vitamin D is a great example. Like you're, unless you're outside in a loincloth in Miami all day long, <laughs> you're not going to get your vitamin D levels looking good. Or like B vitamins, you can get those from food and that should be primary, but methylated folate, good idea for a lot of people. Those are some basic ones. Like only a handful of things core fundamental stuff. And that's why like we put out the the collection, which is we have that on the site, but because people would ask us, okay, like what are the fundamental stuff? And it's just a handful of things. It's not that many, like magnesium is another one. Magnesium, most people are deficient in magnesium. So that's why I have it there. Now, if it's therapeutic, that's different. If it's someone that has an autoimmune issue or mold toxicity or some SIBO, like or underlying gut problem, they're going to need a protocol for a time, but that's for a time. You, you deal with it for a few months, maybe eight, nine, 10 months. Then you come off of that stuff. If we're fixing these things, food should be primary. And that's the goal for all my patients too. You know, more and more, Will, I have heard two of my friends in the past six months have been diagnosed with SIBO, S-I-B-O. Will you tell our listeners exactly what that is and why is it now becoming so mainstream? Yeah, and I think like all of these things, it's it's been going on. It's just more awareness. But look, even beyond the awareness, autoimmune conditions are growing by leaps and bounds. And some researchers are actually looking at autoimmune components to SIBO. It's even if you don't consider an autoimmune condition, which we don't really recognize that yet as having being its own autoimmune issue, it is associated with many type of autoimmune issues. So it's an acronym that stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So it's bacteria that's supposed to be just living in the large intestines, but it's growing where it shouldn't grow into the small intestines. I've never written more notes before, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That actually means a lot to me. I I love that people hopefully are taking notes on this stuff. It's good. It's important. It's impacting so many people. What are the sides? Like, how do you know you have that? Like, so I'm at home. How would I guesstimate that I have SIBO? Like, what would this, what would it be showing up as? Hallmark SIBO symptoms are, this is almost what everybody says, uncomfortable bloating to painful bloating, worse in the afternoon towards the end of the day. And it feels like they all say, I feel like I'm nine months pregnant, nine months pregnant. I have to change my pants. Like it can go up whole two pant sizes in a day. It is, that's classic SIBO symptoms. And then the next morning it's low again and it comes back. And then IBS, most IBS is driven by SIBO. So irritable bowel syndrome, intermittent looser stools, constipation, painful bloating, and acid reflux and indigestion. Those are all oftentimes driven by SIBO. And until you deal with the SIBO, you're always going to be having these problems. You have two kids. She has three little girls under the age of seven. I have three. Do you recommend a certain meal plan? Do you do it the same within your family? Do you have specific snacks? We also want to get snacks for us. Like if there's like four or five snacks, your go-to, what would that be? But we both have families and I feel like with COVID, I've just like lost the plot. I've lost the plot. I have Doritos in my pantry. I do too. Don't judge me. And maybe Fritos. I swear. I got the organic Doritos the other day. I saw those. I need to find those. I know you don't. She's going to tell me Look, <laughs> I, my kids, I, are, my son Solomon's 15 and my daughter Shiloh's 12. So they're a little bit older. And it's, I'll tell you what, like, I never thought it would be the day because my son is really a picky eater, right? And he mm-hmm. is now at 15 years old. He said, dad, can you put me a supplement 
a protocol together for me so I could take it. Can you tell me what to eat? It's really cool to see. My son is no like health aficionado. He just thought he would call him. He likes the tan diet. He likes lots of things that are tan. Right? <laughs> and a lot of kids are like that. <laughs> like there's very little color. And I'm always, oh, but you know, I'm like, son, food is first. But if you're not going to have all the things I think you should be having, then at least we can target some supplementation to give you a little bit of what you're missing from the foods you're eating. So, I mean, for our household, as parents, we have to kind of determine what we know our kids and I make it age appropriate. This should be fun. This should not be restrictive. This shouldn't be obsessive. This should never be shaming them. This is just be like, look at all the great things we get to eat. What a blessing it is that we get to eat all these foods. Many people don't have access to all this stuff. So like, that's really what I'm framing it as is like a form of self-respect and, and a blessing. And we're gluten-free. We're, it's not super strict, but we make some non-negotiable lines at, in the house. And and I think that as parents, we need to figure out what that is for our family. It's saying like, we're going to have some flexibility here, but like these things we're not going to have in the house. And we know, especially if the kids are at school, we can't control everything, but that's what we do. Is it always super, super healthy? No, but it's like the better alternative for things where if it's like going to be a pizza, it's going to be like a Capello's almond flour pizza versus like the regular pizza. We love a Capello's. Love Capello's. I love Capello's so much. I bought so many of <laughs> the chocolate chip, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, wheat-free. I don't even know free. I Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip so cookies. Good. You know, that, that recipe, that chocolate chip cookie recipe was made from my friends, Bill and Haley Staley, who live like 15 minutes from my house in, in Pittsburgh. So Primal Palette is their name, but they did the recipe for Capella's. But yeah, they have great pizzas. We have that. Or if like, if it's chips, we're going to have like a Siete chip. Yeah, we love a Siete. We love them. We love the Siete tortilla the wraps. wraps. Yeah. They're so yes, good. Yes, I look, yes, you'll yes. be proud. Like I don't get enough fat in my diet. I know I have my consult with you next week, but I do the Siete. I'll like put it in my little toaster. I'll get it a little crispy and I'll have like avocado on it or some Kite Hill cheese. I don't have regular cheese. I'm just saying that in front of you, but I do like Kite Hill. I just don't know why I don't buy it. Okay. We're going to, I mean, we're, we've been told to wrap up like 12 but wait times, a second. but we love talking to you. So it's been really hard to get to the rapid fire questions Thank because Thank you. we always have rapid fire questions at the very end. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning person, I would guess. If you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you? Food-wise, I'm thinking survival at that time. So I would say like avocado and sardines. Interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to live on the island. I'm not trying to <laughs> Can you touch your toes? Yes, I can. Coffee or tea? I think I know the answer. Tea, tea. Yeah. Earl Grey. By the way, I drink Earl Grey too. I'm going to drink like more buckets and since anti-aging. Okay. All-time favorite book. <laughs> The, probably The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. I love that book. Do you or your wife take longer to get ready? My wife, for sure. <laughs> She's not that bad either, but she, yeah, definitely. I can be ready in five minutes. I can be ready in five minutes. Stuber takes like an hour. It drives me insane. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Mm, biggest pet peeve? Probably the negativity on social media sometimes. What? would be your superpower if you could have any? Hmm. You know what? I'm a history nerd. So I've been thinking about this lately is how cool it would be to like go back and time travel and see things firsthand. So I would say that. I like that. Will Cole, if you could tell your 10-year-old self, give your little 10-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. I would say 
be anxious for nothing because it's like I look back on my life and I was always taken care of and things always worked out, even if it's the way, not the way I thought it would work out, that I wish I worried less. And I still should be telling myself that. Where can people find your supplements? You mentioned your supplements. Where can people find those? Everything's at drwillcole.com. I mean, the links to all of that stuff is there. All of his books, the inflammation, the ketotarian, am I saying that right? Intuitive fasting, all the supplements. Also, as a reminder, we'll have a complete kind of download of all, you know, all the products and everything and the supplements that Will mentioned. So make sure and go to drwillcole.com. There is a wealth of information. He has incredible articles. We love you. We think what you do. We've been following maybe not as long as Mimi, but we are close second and thirds. I need my consult next. Shout out to Mimi. I need my consult next. I need one. I need yes. one. Make sure and listen to him. He hosts the podcast, The Art of Being Well. You're amazing. We love you. And I can't wait to talk to you next love week. Love you back. Thank you so um, much. Yes. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emma Shagormali. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun.